Thank you, Father. Once again, Father, we want to thank you for the impressions of your spirit. Thank you for the quality of your word that you are releasing and revealing to us in this new day. Thank you. Lord, I express my appreciation and gratitude to you, particularly to this point that you have been able to use me in the way that you have you've been using me, oh God. I thank you. I thank you, Father, for the truth that you are revealing, that you are bringing forth, that you are aligning our heart to. We are changing. We are becoming more better in our perspective. Our understanding is becoming more clearer. You're giving us more insight into your ways, your desire, your counsel. Wisdom is building this house. We thank you once again that as you continue to allow us to see, as you draw us to have a view to connect with the principles and patterns of divine restoration in this new day, I pray, Father, that we all will be truly ready and prepared to the point that we can carry, we can house that which you want to begin to do through our lives into the earth. I thank you, Father, for this. Thank you, Father, for my listeners, those that will be joining us to be part of this life program. May there be shift in their life. May there be alignment. May the orders and the structures of your kingdom be well built in their spirit, man. May divine blueprint, O oh God, be revealed to them. May we all share together the joy of this brand new day. Thank you for what you did in the first session. Thank you for the way you spoke. Thank you, Father, for the authority. Thank you, Father, for the power, yes, that we felt, oh God, thank you. For we know that things have already begun to happen over the atmospheres of nations and cities. I thank you, oh God. Also, we thank you for the destiny of our nation. Thank you, Father, for this land, South Africa, that you will continue to shape and prepare her to become that place where your glory will be revealed, even to the nations. We thank you. Honor and glory to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Brother Derek, and anyone outside there joining us. It's a privilege once again to bring this uh, word across to you. I said I was going to have another uh, uh, session because there is something that I feel in my spirit that we need to communicate, even as the Lord continue to address us regarding amen, the principle of the new day. We've said that newness, amen, is a time where we have to look back and redesign things, of course, in accordance to the heavenly pattern. We, we don't want to run, amen, in, in zeal. We don't want to just, you know, 
keep doing things for doing sake. We don't want to just be seen and be visible out there just because we need to be visible. No. We want to follow the divine amen, program of God. We want to follow the divine order and pattern. There is a pattern that heaven has designed and ordained for divine engagement. And that is what we are looking into. We've been dealing with or the concepts of amen, the restoration of what you would define as the new day or the new beginning. We want to understand what God, amen, has designed for us and how to study this concept, these designs. The, the, the Lord said to Moses, he said, build, amen, in accordance to the pattern that I showed you. So there is a pattern, there is, there is, a, there is, a, there is a blueprint, there is, you know, a divine standard that heaven wants to see manifest right through our life we are the conduit whatever god amen is doing are you know are being carried out through amen instrument so the quality and the character of those who present themselves to god amen is very critical to the concept of manifestation and representation the days that we are living amen are days of newness all right these are days where the spirit of god is doing a new thing and i mean that's that's a word that's a statement that we've heard so many times but I, i'm i'm not just saying this so that you know we can you know just get to hear it again but i want us to truly know that we are in a new day and to the degree we understand the sense that we are awakened to the new realities of god in the earth all right is to the degree that we are able to align and present ourselves and be able to carry out amen what god is doing within the structures and the context of the new day so in this newness we've been dealing with amen altars and the priesthood and it's important because all right whenever god wants to move the first thing he does amen is that he, he if you will he opens the line of communication all right, when God judges a people, when God judges a system, a nation, amen, what God does is stop, is stop communicating with them, amen. He, he, he leaves. The people can no longer hear him, can no longer respond, can no longer align, can no longer connect to him, all right. And, and, and that was what we saw, amen, on the Mount, on Mount Carmel. And the scripture said, all right, that, you know, the people could not hear God. God was not to be heard. Amen. He had shut the heavens. This was not just about no rain. It was also about the issue of, you know, people not being able to hear the voice of God. In fact, the last time God spoke was the time where God said, all right, uh, uh, Elijah, all right, declare a drought in the land. Okay. Shut the heavens. All right. So, th so there was no rain and there was no, you know, there was no e economy. You know, everything was terrible and bad and, you know, sickness, disease, famine and all of that. All right. And the Bible says, and the word of the Lord. Three years later, the word of the Lord again came, amen, to Elijah. The word of the Lord came. So we saw that, amen, God, amen, began to open, amen, the channel of communication. That channel of communication is the very first, amen, step that we must take, amen, in the principles of rebuilding, restoration, whatever it is, all right? We've been dealing with the economies of God. The economy of God, amen, is one whole life, is one dimension of existence. The economy of God has to deal with, amen, the, 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 the interface of the connectivity between a man, amen, and heaven, all right? The economy of God works through a portal, walks through, amen, a system of divine connectivity, 
the economy of God, amen, has nothing to do with money, has nothing to do with your food and all of that. Of course, the result of that will bring, amen, resources into our life. But the economy of God deals with, amen, the, the spiritual stewardship, amen, of men and women who are connected or who are located, amen, in their position as priests. The economy of God is related to, amen, our priesthood. And we cannot have priesthood without, amen, the, 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 the platform or the, 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 the table of, of representation, which is the altar. So when the enemy strikes, amen, a nation, when the enemy wants to destroy a nation, he goes, amen, for the priesthood, he goes for the altar. And that's what we've seen through scriptures, all right? So when the enemy, you know, strikes our, our, you know, our life or our land, amen, he neutralizes, it destroys, or if you will, it perverts and pollutes, it, it desecrates our altar. It means that we, we no longer have, amen, a, you know, a sense of connection to the things of the Spirit. And that was what Jezebel did. But as we continue to look into the Word of God and study the patterns and the, and the blueprint of, amen, of, of the return of the Lord, you know, as we look at Genesis, the first thing we saw in Genesis is that, in fact, maybe I should just go to Genesis chapter, chapter 9 again. Thank you, Father. What we're trying to do is to locate the pattern of divine restoration and divine movement. All right? We are locating the principle of divine pattern. How God comes, how God amen, connects, how God reconnects to earth. Amen? And how we can move within the structures and the value standard of you know, the things of, of the spirit. Thank you, Father. In Genesis chapter eight, of course, from verse nine, from from verse thirteen, maybe I should do that. You know, we we we've looked at this uh, scripture several times. What, we, what we're doing is we're extracting principle. We're, we're gleaning principles, all right, from the word. Like I said, Genesis is the book of beginnings. It's a book of, amen, a, 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 a transition, you know, coming into that which God wants to do. It's not just about starting. It's a, it's a, it's a book of, re, of restarting. So if, if we want to understand what God is doing right now, we need a regenesis in our life, if you will. We need a regenesis. We need to, it's not like we're going to start from, you know, class one or from the beginning. As much as some of us, we need to do that. But Genesis speaks to us in, in terms of how to connect to the foundations of things. Yes. It speaks to us how to how to relate, how to connect to the foundations of things, how we can connect, amen, to God speaking. So we are looking at Noah here, all right, who has become, amen, the father of a new day, the father of a new season, the father, amen, of a new move, the father of, amen, the, 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 the expressions and the voice of God in earth. You know, Noah had, had become, amen, if you will, amen, the, the concept of what the Bible calls, amen, the firstborn church. The firstborn church, amen, speaks to us about, amen, the right 
prophetic foundation, the right governmental apostolic foundation in engaging, amen, movements and advancement, all right? In whatever areas of life, there are things that heaven has established in the book of Genesis, all right, that are, that are beyond the law. I hope you understand that the book of Genesis is beyond is beyond the, the law of Moses. The book of Genesis has nothing to do with the law of Moses. In fact, when Genesis was written, amen, the law was not in existence. Genesis, amen, is, is a book that defines to us divine order, patterns, systems, amen, and protocols in engaging the things of God. If we want to find certain principles about, about life, amen, about connecting to God, we can look at Genesis. You will notice that the people who lived in Genesis, Amen. They they, 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 they they live beyond the law. They, I mean, God, God spoke with Moses. God dealt with Moses. Abraham is called, amen. Excuse me. Abraham is Abraham is called the father of faith. But you see that the faith of Abraham, Abraham has nothing to do, has no connection, amen, with, with, with the law of Moses. Abraham lived in the day of grace. This was before the law. So it's important that we understand the context of what I'm trying to say. Because if we don't understand Genesis, then somebody needs to train and teach us and bring us amen to beginning foundation amen all right portals all right because it's from genesis that we can understand the way of telios the way of advancement of maturity all right let's go to genesis 8 all right okay I, 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 as much as i would not like to connect this to numerology ruminology that's the study of numbers all right but you know it, it, it happens that genesis genesis uh, 8 speaks of new beginning speaks of you know uh, uh, number 8 speaks of new beginning if you're talking about amen the, the values of numbers and you know the importance of numbers we understand that 8 is the number of new beginnings 7 is the number of perfection all right and all of that is important but we don't let me not overflog that so that I don't get myself distracted. All right, let's go to Genesis 8 and from verse 13. Very important principle we're reading here. The Bible says, But the first day of the first month of, of, of Noah's 601st uh, uh, year, the water had dried up from the earth. Noah amen, then removed the covering from the ark and saw that the surface of the ground was dry principles here all right you saw that the surface of the ground was dry by the 27th day of the second month and i want us to okay maybe not today maybe we're not going to deal with issues of dates and all of that but it's important by the 20, 20 27th day of the second month the earth was completely dry that's important then verse 15 says then god said to noah Remember, the earth was dry before the voice of God. So God's voice always come to us in the context of his objectives for our life, in the context of his counsel and, and plans and purpose. So if, if, if you heard God yesterday, all right, and, uh, and, all, and, and that's all you have heard, meaning that what you heard yesterday, amen, is still relevant for today. And if you still do not hear God tomorrow, meaning that what you heard yesterday, amen, is still defined by the context of today. So God can give you a word yesterday, all right, and uh, somehow you never get to hear him for the next 10, 5 years or 3 years in case of Elijah. It means that that word that he spoke is still relevant. So God's prophetic word or the declaration of God's voice or God's word into our life, amen, is what we live by. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceed. The proceeding word of God, amen, allow us to understand the context, amen, 
of the of the demand of God of of the of the place of God amen allow us to connect with the the intentions of God for our life all right so you ask me so what happened in the point where God speaks to you today and tomorrow he speaks to you and next tomorrow you hear him again all right that is that is a very important point but that also deals with the, your ability to multitask in the spirit as we can multitask in the natural, we can also multitask. Sometimes God does that to me. And there are times that, you know, God, God just speaks to me once and that's it. And the next time, like, you know, I'm one that when, when it comes to the issues of God speaking to me about nations, it's not something that happens frequent. I remember the last time God spoke to me and gave me, you know, a vision regarding the nation of Nigeria was, I think, about three, three years ago. I mean, and the word was clear and sharp, and that word is still relevant. In fact, the nation is still within the context of what God said. So, whatever event that is happening around, you know, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the you know, the, the, the prophetic declarations of God are just events, you know, taking place. You live and you move based on what God says. That's why your life, Amen, depends on what you hear and how you can hear. Because what you hear and how you hear would, def would, de would determine how you interpret. I like that. Would, def would determine how you interpret what you have heard. All right? You can hear God and not know what to, what, to, what to make of what you have heard. And that's why you will need some Eli in your life to help you to understand. God was speaking to a man, to, to his young Samuel. Amen? But Samuel heard God, but Samuel did not understand what God was saying. So he needed a mature person, amen, to help him interpret. And that's one of the reasons why we go to church. That's one of the reasons why we have mentors in our life. That's one of the reasons why we have fathers in our life, amen, to help us give context and interpretation to what we have heard. All right? If you if you if you cannot hear God and you have a father over your life, there's every possibility that you'll be manipulated. Oh, that's, I, lo I love that. There's every possibility that you'll be manipulated because your life somehow would depend on whatever the father or whoever the person is. But if you can hear God, alright, and uh, you, you cannot understand, that's still okay because you can then go to him and he can help you to have context and understanding to what you're hearing. Alright? Because Eli said, when you hear the voice again, this is what you must say. Even though Eli has been rejected, even though his priesthood has been rejected, but amen, he had somebody to bring context. He had somebody to give interpretation. He had understanding, amen. Because if you don't understand, you don't know how to respond to God. There are, there are a lot of times God speaks to us, but we don't even know that God is speaking or we don't know how to respond. So it is important, all right, that we, are, that we have people in our life that are able to help us, amen, interpret or give context to what we have heard. And this is that that have been prophesied. All right. Yes, there was a handwriting on the wall. People saw the handwriting, but guess what? Not, not, not everybody could read. In fact, nobody could read the handwriting. They had to go look for amen, a prophet who can read the handwriting amen, on the wall. Yes, God will speak. All right. If, if, if there are no understanding, if there are no mature people to help us to understand what God is speaking, the fact that we can hear God does not mean that we have the ability to understand and to interpret what we have heard. So these are two different things, and that's why we need um, people in our life who can help us to develop, who can train our spirit. That's part of my ministry. That's what I'm doing. I'm helping people to have a better understanding of what God has said to them. All right, listen to this. There are no monopoly to the voice of God. Everybody, amen, must be able to hear God. Amen. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. Amen. 
a stranger's voice they will not follow. My sheep hear my voice. So if you can hear his voice, amen, you should be able to then proceed further to know how to interpret what you have heard. Or, or else you may be hearing God and you may be running to, you know, Eli. You understand? You may be running to somebody else or you may be running. Thank God for somebody like Eli that was still able to give clear interpretation to what God has said. And that has to do with spiritual experience. You can't take that away. Alright? Some of us are living on spiritual experience and we have, you know, we have missed, amen, the current speakings of God. And there are those who are having the current speakings of God but do not have the spiritual experience to interpret. So, so for you to say, well, I don't need, I don't need anyone in my life or I'm just, I'm just all okay by myself. Sorry, that's a big mistake because, amen, God will speak to you, you will hear, but you need to grow. Somebody needs to grow you. Somebody needs to help you to, to mature and to be able to give clarity, amen. And if there's no clarity, guess what? You don't know what to do. Because how you respond to what you have heard will define, excuse me, will be determined by, amen, how you interpret what you have heard. Wow, that's a good one. I never thought we, you know, we're going we're gonna to take all of that, you know, all of that period to talk about this. But this is important. All right, let, let, let's go on. Where did I stop? Where did I stop? Roman, uh, uh, Genesis 8. Uh, okay, let's take it from verse 14. By the 27th day of the second month, the earth was completely dry. Okay, I stopped in 15. God spoke. Then God said to Noah. So the voice of God comes, amen, based on the activity shaping the earth, based on the systems, the seasons of God. So then God said to Noah, come out of the ark, you and your wife and every kind of living creatures that is with you, the birds, the birds, the animals, and all the creatures that move along the ground so they can, so, so they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful, amen, and increase upon, upon it. So you can see that whatever God does, amen, at dawn because there is an objective, there is a context. There is, if God ever asks you to do something, all right, God says gather all the animals. You may be wondering, but God, why do we just gather them? God always have a context. He always have a reason. Even if you don't understand the reason, you obey. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Let's go on. Verse, uh, uh, verse uh, 18. So Noah came out. Together with his sons and his and his wife and his son's wife, verse 19, and all the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground. That move along, yeah, where did, where did I stop? That move along, that move along the ground. Let's go to verse, uh, verse, verse, verse 20. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord. So the first point I want to draw out here, and this is why I came to this scripture. We see Noah, amen, as the first order of priest. Because nobody builds an altar to God without being a priest. Even though the Bible never told us that, amen, Noah was a priest, but we understand that Noah was a priest. Just like the Bible never make mention of the priesthood of Job, but we all understand that Job was a priest in his day. This was before the law it was, was established. This was before the law of Moses, the, you know, the, the Levitical priesthood. So there have been, been an order of priesthood that have been in existence before, amen, the law of Moses, you know, the, 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 the Judea, you know, uh, the, 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 you know, the Levitical, you know, uh, a law. There's been a law, amen. There's, there's been this individual, you know, priesthood of men. And I think that is the same priesthood that God was looking for. God has always sought for men, amen, who in their own life, amen, can connect with him, can relate with him. And that was, that's what we saw with somebody like Enoch. Bible says Enoch walked with God. You can't walk with God without understanding the priesthood. 
Alright? And that's the same priesthood we saw with Melchizedek. Amen? You will, you will, you will notice that all of these people, they are, they are all individuals. But they had this grace and capacity, amen, to connect with, you know, the eternal God. They, they, their heart was searching and longing for something beyond their realm. So the moment you begin to search for a dimension of a life beyond your realm, beyond amen, what is going on around you, and you are looking up, the Bible says, you know, when you begin to see all of these things happening in the earth, it says, look up for your redemption drawn there. Your, 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 your place of redemption, amen, helps you to understand how to build altars in the earth. So, so we, we, we're, we're tracking something here, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I want us to understand all right, that there was a priesthood, amen, in, in, in Noah. The Bible says Noah built, and listen to this, the Bible says Noah came out of, verse 20, then, then Noah built an altar to the Lord, amen, and taking some of the clean animals and clean birds and sacrifice burnt offering. Noah, Noah built, there's something about altar that needs to be built, it needs to be built. Now, I, I, I want us to understand, amen, the context to what we are declaring here. All right, having established this, all right, as, as the principle of new beginning, there are some points that I quickly want to highlight for us this morning that I hopefully will give context and body to some of the things uh, that the Lord, amen, has been establishing. We are tracking, we are tracing, amen, uh, you know, uh, uh, altars and priesthood altars and priesthood altars and priesthood now throughout the scripture amen we've seen all kinds of you know engagement and all kinds of you know uh, uh, principles that deals with you know con connectivity with god of course when you pray amen you need an altar the altar is the state of your heart the altar amen is the place where sacrifice are offered basically amen the, the the altar defines the quality amen of your of your of your prayer and of course of your sacrifice you know how the altar is built amen and the the intention amen and of course amen where the altar is connected to because you know uh, uh, it's not only you know christians or believers amen or godly people that build altars there are altars that have been built to several things all kinds of gods all kinds of things all right so but we are looking at altar amen as 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 an instrument established amen to connect with a dimension amen to connect with the realities of god amen that is what altars are spiritual portals altar altars open to us amen portals in the spirit all right the bible says when when the incense amen rose up to god god smelled it so you can see the altars draws the attentions of god amen Altars draws the attentions of God. Altar allow us to to see to 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 connect to God, Amen. But beyond that, Amen, it's it's also the point where God connects with man. So altars are not just a place where we get to connect with God. It's also a point, a place where God can where God connects with us. There is a place that God meets with us. All right. The Bible says, "Amen." There, in the holies of holies, Amen. Where the wings of the of the of the of the seraphims meet, He said, "There I will meet with you." All right. When 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 our Lord Jesus wanted to meet with His Father, He, he went to Amen. He went to the top of the mountain. All right. 
it, yes, he went to the top of the mountain and there, amen, the Lord spoke to him. The altar is a place where we engage with heavenly things, where we engage, amen, with, with things that, that speaks to the destiny, amen, of our lives, family, and of course our nation. All right. Today we are not building physical altars, but we ourselves, amen, have become the extensions of the altars of God, amen, to our realms and domain. My life, amen, is an expression of an altar to my home, to my family, all right? Because you cannot talk about priesthood without altar. Every priest must have an altar. The altar, amen, defines how we relate, how we connect. By the way, please share this link because we're, share, you know, sharing some, some points this, this morning, or, or rather, yeah, this morning, we're still in the morning, that will help us, amen, that will help us in the days to come. Because listen to this, the strength of your life is defined and determined by the quality of the altars of your life. The, 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 your ability to walk, amen, in the priesthood, your ability to exercise authority in the earth, amen, will speak to the quality, amen, of the altar that you have built. You understand? So what I'm saying is, as we move in God and as God seeks to move through our life, we have to look at the context, amen, of how God speaks to us, how God, the Bible says, and God will come down at the cool of the day. And commune, amen, with, you know, with man. That position of coming down, amen, is a bridge, amen, that is established by an altar. God doesn't move where there are no altars. Because the altars, amen, speaks, you know, to him that there is somebody that is com com committed, that is connected, amen. That is, that is, that is, that is uh, searching, that is seeking, all right. You cannot be seeking and be, you know, be pressing into the things of God if there are no point of convergence, if there are no point of connectivity. So the altar speaks into all of this, and these are very important. So I'm just basically helping us to understand that, amen. Altars are important because they are the place where authorities are established. They are the place where, amen, our ability to connect, to hear God, to communicate with spiritual things, amen, are established. When there is an altar established in a place, amen, that is a place where, amen, the gateway of of spiritual things, amen, becomes, you know, a, a manifest in the natural realm. Where altars are established, amen, there's always a point, a place, amen, of, of entrance and exit, amen. Altars are positions of entrance and exit. Altars are positions of entrance and exit, okay. So when the altars are destroyed or, you know, are compromised or are desecrated, amen, it shuts us, amen, from divine connection. When, when Satan came into the garden, amen, and, and messed up with, you know, with Adam and Eve, amen, it destroyed the altar. There was no communication again with God. The Bible says God drove them out of the garden. The altar was supposed to be a garden, a place where they communicate, where they connect with heaven. The Bible says they were driven out, amen. There was no communication again. Man lost communication with God, amen. Man no longer hear God. Man could no longer relate with what God is doing. And that has been the plan of the enemy, amen, from the beginning. If I can, if I can compromise his altar, if I can destroy, and this is the reason why the enemy, amen, wants to destroy homes. Because your home is a place where the expressions of your altar, amen, gets to be manifest. Every man is designed to be a priest it's from that position of priesthood amen that our authority amen to rule and to govern and to and to administrate amen our garden becomes you know a reality you know our I, I, I was i was thinking about this 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 morning while i was you know having a bath listen to this for women listen to this 
Never get, to, um, never get to marry a man you cannot submit to. I'm, 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 I'm quoting verbally what I heard in my spirit this morning. Never marry a man that you cannot submit to. Submitting to a man is not about masculinity. It's not about his, his manhood. It's not about his strength. It's not about his money. It's not about how powerful a man he claims to be. Submitting to a man, a man is about a priesthood. It's about a priesthood that has been established. All right. The priesthood, amen, requires that we walk in accordance to the to the values, to the standard of God. Now, what does that mean when they say submit to the man? Is a wife submit to your husband? Because you are you are you are igniting, you are establishing, you are putting in place, you are you are you you are steering, amen, a spiritual law in the spirit. All right. This is how God has designed things. All right. Don't submit amen, to a man. Don't, don't marry a man you cannot submit to. Now, the question then must be, okay, what kind of a man amen, should I submit to? Of course, it must be a man amen, that is God-fearing, a man amen, that is loving, that the man that, that, that is full of God. Because if the man is full of God, amen, he will love you. Because the essence of submitting to the man, amen, is submitting to the directions, to the vision, amen, to the speakings of God, amen, to the declarations of God. These are, these are the things that makes a man and a woman, not like the woman cannot pray and hear God. It just means that if you're going to build a home, if you're going to build a family, amen, there are orders, just like we're talking about the establishing, the returning of orders, there are orders, that have been established. The man, just like the apostle, is the first. Amen. The man is the first in ranking, in order. Amen. In time, the man has been placed there. There is no foolish man. There is no man that cannot think. There is no man, amen, that should be taken a ride over. There's no man that should be looked down upon. All right. There is no man that must be, you know, you know, uh, uh, Push aside and 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 degrade to 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 nothing. If you do that, amen, you are basically amen abusing the values and the standards of God. Because man is not just about masculinity. Man is about an order. It's about a system, a principle that God, amen, has put in place. The same, amen, to, you know, to women. Women, amen, are not just, amen, a machine that, that, that are there to, you know, give babies. They're not just there, amen, to, to you know, to, to help us and just, you know, cook for us and all of that, amen. As much as that, they may love to do that, as much as that may be part of the expressions of their life, but they are position the reason why god created them amen is beyond all of these little things that we have reduced ourselves to you understand and i think we need to and i, and I believe the lord is you know emphasizing on this because we are in the day of new beginning there are things that we have assumed or presumed that we need to correct in our day if we're gonna move forward all right so so the point is if you if you cannot love the woman or you do not have the love of God in you to love a man a person, don't marry the person. The same thing with the man with the with a woman. If you cannot honor, respect the man, if you cannot give honor, you know there are there are some people they want to they want to honor the man, but they honor the man based on their own value, based on or what the man does. Okay, if he does X Y Z, then I will I will I will I will honor him. I will respect him. You understand? No, there is no condition to this thing. You've got to understand. That's if you're a believer. If you're not a believer, you can do whatever you want to do. But if you're a Christian, you're serving God. Amen. We have to find the pattern. 
If we miss the pattern, we will not walk in the full reality, amen, of the resource, of the blessing, of the grace of God. Everything that God does, amen, are done for a specific reason. We want to find the objectives of God for our life, amen. So authority comes, amen, with divine responsibility. And that responsibility is what allow us to be able to express amen the government of god in the earth how we how we understand it how we manage it amen how we relate to it as long as we continue to live our life based on the borrowed patterns of this world we will never be fulfilled we will never be satisfied in our life there are women who want to hallelujah praise god oh that you, I, I love god but when it comes to obeying the values of god the bible says obedience is better than sacrifice they want to sacrifice but they're not ready to live life amen in obedience Alright, so how we understand the things of God, how we see the things of God matters because that is how, amen, we are going to interpret, amen, what we see. The way you see things, the way you understand things are the way you're going to interpret it. And listen, if your interpretation is not in alignment with the values and the standards of God, amen, God is not going to turn up. God is not going to show up. That is the point that I'm trying to make because it's not enough to say, well, well, I'm a priest. It's not enough to say, well, 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 I build an altar. Well, did you build in accordance to divine pattern? Alright, did you build in according to divine design? Did you build it? Amen. Are, are you as a priest, amen? Are you aligning, amen, to God's will and standard? Is your life, amen, connecting to all of the values that establish, amen, the priesthood of God in your life? Because if you do all of these things haphazardly, amen, you are basically jeopardizing your life. And secondly, amen, the enemy, amen, is going to come for you and he's going to challenge you. They say, Paul, we know, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, Jesus, we know who are you? All right, so we want to understand what the Spirit of God is emphasizing and declaring. Somebody said, but why did you bring the issues of, of husband and wife? Because everything that God does, amen, begins from that order of life. All right, we cannot talk about, you know, building the altars of God in the house of God and building, you know, our, our priesthood in the house of God. If, amen, our, our position, amen, as men and women, all right, uh, listen, before you become a prophet, you are first a man, amen. Before you become the pastor's wife, you're first a woman. Before you become, all right, God knows what, you're first, you know, you're first a man or you're first a woman. And that position of you being a man and woman, amen, matters to God. It's not just about you functioning in something. It's about, amen, your life, amen. Authority starts with, amen, your own personal life. How you bring yourself under. The Bible says bring yourself under the mighty hand of God. Come under the mighty hand of God. If you don't bring yourself under the authorities of God, amen, trying to walk out or trying to do the things of God is not going to help you. It's like saying, well, well, Lord, I can, I can give you X, Y, Z, but I can do whatever I want to do. It doesn't work like that. God, God is not looking for your sacrifice. He's looking for your obedience. Obedience goes before sacrifice. All right? So, so if Elijah does not, you know, arrange the altar, if the Elijah does not look for the pattern, if Elijah had forgotten, amen, the principles of how God wants, amen, his altar or how God has established his altar to be built, if all of that is not there, all right, and he's just running with zeal, he's going to build an altar and he's going to challenge the false prophets of Baal. Listen to this, his zeal will destroy him. So this is not just a day where we run with zeal. 
we are also believing God to give us direction. We are also believing God to give us insight, to give us foresight. Amen. And we must trust God enough. One of the things that we are going to be talking about and that is going to be you know, uh, uh, frequent in our, in our teaching, in our engagement, amen, is the concept of trust. You will agree with me, amen, that our level of trust today in the body of Christ, I mean, it's, it's, it's very, very low. You know, it's very, very low. Yes, because, you know, the, the, the people have, you know, violated and have abused, amen, the concept of, you know, uh, uh, of trust and, 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 and walking with, you know, the things of the Spirit. So we have to believe God to help us again, amen, to develop the, the, the grace to trust God because, all right, God will speak through people, through men. If we don't trust what they're saying, if we don't believe what they're saying all right you know people will think oh this man is always talking about you know order and order order is the pattern amen of the movement of god if we don't move if we don't build i mean all of the priesthood if you check through the priesthood everything was done in accordance to divine order if we leave the order and we just run just to want to do something we'll be making a mistake and this is the reason why I am emphasizing this, this point. And I think it's very important. All right? Like I said, we're going to be dealing with Zechariah because there is, a, there is a context to this. But before I go to Zechariah, let me go to... Thank you, Father. Yes, let me go to, let me go to uh, 1 Kings 18. Just to better uh, um, clarify this point of altar and priesthood. See, because how we build and the principles of this building will be what will lead us further into the next reality of what God will be directing us to do. All right? So, Bible says in, in, uh, in 1 Kings 18, from verse 31, the Bible says, And Elijah took 12 stones... Twelve stones representing, of course, each each tribe of the nation of Israel. This is important. I wanted to, you know, say earlier that our priesthood, and now you're going to be seeing that our priesthood connect. In fact, was it yesterday? No, which was a few days ago, I think I was, you know, ministering online in conference, and I was talking about, all right, the priesthood that we that we wear speaks directly to the authority that you know that that is expressed at the gate. All right. The spiritual authority of a, of, of, a, of a people, of a society, of a nation, the spiritual authority, amen, is determined by the priesthood, is determined by the visibility, amen, of the priestly ministry in, in, in town or, or in the land. Of course, which speaks to the kind of government that we're going to be, that we're going to be, you know, having at the gates. You understand? You know, our priesthood connects to our altar. Our altar connects to the gate. All of these things are interconnected. So the Bible says, amen, that Elijah took 12 stones, one from each tribe, amen, of the sons of Jacob, one from each tribe. So each stone there was representing, amen, a tribe, amen, in the nation of Israel. We know that the nation of Israel is made of 12 tribes. So he took 12 stones, all right? This is very prophetic, amen, and profound. 12 stones, amen, just in one, you know, construction. But that construction tells us amen, about the principle of representation, all right? That each stone defines, amen, the, 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 the spiritual influence, the spiritual authority, the, the spiritual connection, and the, the spiritual, you know, uh, 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 um, 
life amen of of the nation each stone represents just like the priesthood amen in the garment of the priest amen the bible says in front of of, of his garment are inscribed 12 stones you find 12 gems there each of those representing amen the nation on on you know on the shoulder of of the effort amen the scripture says that you know six stone is found on the left and six stone on the right so that also speaks to us about what about government so I, i'm basically saying that the priesthood amen speaks into government the priesthood speaks into spiritual authority all right when the king says my father my father the chariot of israel and his horsemen amen to the prophet of the lord he was proclaiming and declaring and affirming amen the governmental authority of the priestly amen prophet in the land my father my father amen the chariot of israel and his and his riders and his horsemen he was declaring that i recognize you that all of the army of israel are there all of their strength is sourced from your prophetic position and word that's why when the prophet died he cried hallelujah we've got to understand amen the spiritual connection that prophets amen play the spiritual responsibility the divine connection amen that carriers of the presence of god that those who represent the things of god amen in our nation place is important because if we miss that then we miss something very vital all right remember that spiritual things are not like natural things even though sometimes we can look at natural things to try to understand spiritual things but most in most cases they, they don't work like that because there is no pattern in the natural all right maybe the only pattern we say okay there is you know you have your president you have your executive maybe okay we can say there are spiritual you know uh, uh you know uh, uh government okay but but really how do you define one man one man amen representing the entire you know uh, uh, army force my father my father the chariot of israel and his horsemen that is just amen too much for the natural mind to comprehend but that is the reality all right that the word of god amen in the mouth of one man amen can change can define amen can can, can shift the course of a nation all right but that man is not just about amen you know what he says is about his connection amen to the things of god to the demand of god is about his representation hallelujah so the bible says elijah took 12 stones which speaks amen of the government who speaks of the government of god it speaks of amen the administrations of god it speaks of amen the authorities of god 12 stones amen one from each tribe of the sons of jacob to whom the word of the lord amen had come and said israel shall be your name so you can see that god amen has a prophetic amen you know objective regarding the nation of israel now when jezebel came the bible said jezebel tore down the altar of god when she tore down the altar of god she destroyed amen the, you know the the, the 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 pattern she destroyed the you know the the, the 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 nation when you tear the altar when you destroy the altar amen basically you have indirectly do what destroy the you know the nation yes because the strength of the nation is in the altar that is why amen for government people who say well this church people what what do they mean why, why, why you know who are they you know they, they mean nothing to us 
day. Listen, the church is an essential, amen. The church plays an essential role. The church, amen, plays an essential visible role regarding the economy, regarding, amen, the, 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 the building, regarding the unity of a nation. When you destroy, when you, when you destroy the church, amen, you basically destroy a nation because the church, amen, is the light, is the strength, amen, is the force, is the, is the, is the direction of a nation. The Bible says the church, amen, is a city set on the hill. What does the city set on the hill do? do amen. It gives direction. It's a lighthouse. It gives direction. So we've got to understand what the Spirit of God, amen, is saying to us here. The Bible says, amen, the, the, the nation of Israel was called by the name of God, amen. Israel shall be your name. God changed that name, amen, from Jacob to Israel. God gave, amen, that, the people of God, amen, the people of Israel, a new identity. The identity speaks regarding, amen, their calling, their purpose, their assignment. Whenever God gives a name, amen, that name suggests to us, it reveals to us, Amen. The next purpose of God, the next counsel of God, or the you know the, the the objectives of God for our life. Your name is is an extension of your of your mission, of your calling, of your assignment on earth. Verse thirty two says, and and with those stones, with those twelve stones, Amen. Elijah built. With those stones, Elijah built an altar to the name of God. So you see, you see. Elijah built an altar to the name of Yahweh. He built an altar to the name of the Lord. That word Lord that speaks of his authority and sovereignty over the nation of Israel. I want us to see the pattern, amen, that, you know, the Lord is opening our eyes, all right, to, to, to you know, to see here. Because it's very important. And with those stones, Elijah built Remember, when you're building something, you've got to build based on, amen, the ordained original amen, intention. There is a reason for building. We don't just build, you know, arbitrarily. We don't just build because we need to build. We build because there is a purpose. We build because there's an objective. We build because there is something that needs to be habited. We build because there is something that must be launched from that position. Wisdom must build this house. So the, the, the third day house, amen, is a house that God is building through the restoration of of the altar the altar has been destroyed all right and that is the reason why if you look back to what has happened to to the nations via the church i mean you will weep you will cry all right you've seen how the church basically has as shame the name of god in the land when you look at what people have done in the name of of god and in the name of church all right you, 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 I mean, you will bury your head in shame. We've seen how the name of God has been used. We've seen how all kinds of, you know, foreign spirit, amen, has invaded. And that is because the altar has been destroyed. When you destroy the altar, amen, the house becomes, you know, a house of jackal, becomes a house of wolves, becomes a house, amen, where all kinds of ungodliness take place. He says, he says, my house was made the place of prayer. He said, but you have made it a den of thieves and robbers. He said, you made it a den of thieves and robbers. This is what Jesus proclaimed. Amen, that while they were doing their own thing, amen, Jesus, he, he looked at the house. He said, this is not the house that my father designed. Something that happened to the altar. This place has been compromised. He said, you have, you've turned it. They turned it. The reason why they could turn it is because, amen, the, you know, the, the altar, when you compromise the altar, the priesthood is compromised. Or rather, when you compromise the priesthood, you compromise the altar. Because the priest, amen, are the guidance of the altar, amen. The priests are the one who define the kind of offering and how it must be offered unto the Lord. So something is happening here. The Bible says, and 
with the stones, Elijah built an altar to the name of the Lord. Then he dug a, a, a you know, a, a, a trench around the altar, large enough, amen, to hold, you know, two, you know, shards of, of seed, amen, large enough to hold, amen, two, you know, shards of seed. In other words, Elijah is saying the restoration of this altar, amen, is connected to the economy of the land. Oh, Jesus, help me here. He says, you've got to understand Elijah is saying, amen, that you're not going to have the restoration of the economy, amen, first. No, no, no. The restoration of the altar speaks to the restoration of the economy. If the, if the altar is not restored, the economy is not going to be restored. That's why God said, Elijah, you go confront Amen. Ahab, the confrontation of Ahab, amen, is the point, is the place where the restoration of the altar begins, where the rebuilding of the altar begins. Now, having said that, I want us to, you know, turn to another, another principle here, all right, that I feel the Lord, amen, will have us uh, uh, look into. And this is very important because uh, um, we're going to be dealing with a point here. Thank you, Father. Oh, hallelujah. We're going to be looking into uh, Hebrews chapter 7. We've established some powerful points. The, 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 the importance of altar, the critical place and function of altars, it's important that we understand that, all right? Your prayer can only be as effective as the quality of your altar. The quality, of course, is a spiritual condition. It is important, all right, that if you if you're praying but you don't have a you don't have an altar, you don't have amen, that point and place where you can truly connect. Remember, the altar is the state of your heart, is the condition of your heart. It's not just what you do, what you present, all right, is the quality, is the state of your heart, is the alignment of your heart, amen, to the counsels of God, to the intentions of God, is is that condition, that position, amen, of a selfless life. That when you pray from that position, your prayer, amen, can rise up to God. All right? The altar allows the heavens to open, amen, and for God to receive, all right, uh, uh, the, the, the sacrifice. So now we, if you go through scripture, of course, you're going to see various kinds of, you know, uh, 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 seasons of God engaging with man. And every time God engages with man, there is always that point where people build an altar and all of that. And of course, like, we, like we've said earlier, you will find, you know, priest, the concept of priesthood. Now, in chapter, excuse me, in Hebrews chapter 7, in fact, if you read the entire book of Hebrews, you begin to understand, you know, some very clear, uh, uh, important principle regarding God, you know, and, and his priesthood. But here in chapter 7, we want to quickly look at something that is going to lead me back to Zechariah chapter 3. Alright? You see the point that we're making? I hope you're getting this principle that we are laying because it's going to help us. Now, what we're dealing with, alright, it's not just something that is limited to our own personal life. No. It deals with how to restore our family, our community, our city, our nation, amen, and of course, amen, our generation. The Bible says in verse 1, this Melchizedek was the king of Salem and a priest of God of the Most High. Like I told you before, amen, priesthood does not begin, amen, with the Levitical, with the ironic Levitical priesthood. Priesthood began way back in Genesis, way back, amen, in, 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 in the garden, amen. And we see a, a man walking with God by the name Enoch, amen. And then we see another man by the name Enos. 
Bible says, in the days of Enos, men began to call upon the name of the Lord. Amen. So you begin to see the order. You begin to see these individuals. Then you find amen, a man like you know, uh, uh, Job, amen, who built an altar amen, and sacrificed on behalf of his family amen, daily. This guy was a priest. This guy was rich. So it's, you know, you know uh, 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 Job was a reflection, if you will, of a type of a Melchizedek because he was very, he was very rich. Job was a wealthy man; he was almost like a king. But guess what? He was also a priest. So this is this is speaking into some powerful spiritual values here. All right, that all right. The fact that we have so much and we're wealthy, and and I'm not just talking about wealth in limited to money alone, but even you know for the fact that these people are very wealthy, they're rich, but you see, they still recognize they recognize nice amen the government of god in their life because the days we live in i mean where people are basically using god to get wealth and and so you realize that after they after they pray and god blesses them then they throw their priesthood away then they forget who they are then they forget right, that, that the essence amen of their wealth amen is the priesthood and the priesthood amen is what source their wealth and this is something that I think that we need to look into. Because here's Melchizedek. Bible says Melchizedek was a king of Salem and a priest unto God. He's a king and he's a priest. How do you do this together? He's a man of authority, but he also understands that his authority, amen, must, must be laid on the altar, must be sacrificed unto God. The Bible says he met Abraham returning from the, from the defeat of the kings and blessed him. Melchizedek blessed Abraham. And Abraham gave him amen, a tenth of everything. Abraham gave. So you, you begin to see that uh, you know, the concept of priesthood amen, is a concept that, 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 that deals with revelation. There was no, there was no uh, uh, you know, a, a book that defines to us amen, how to pay tight, you know, before this period. No, there was nothing that suggested, amen, the concept of tithing or right, until, until Abraham understood, amen, something by the spirit. He recognized authority. That is why, amen, the concept of, you know, tithing has to do with the, 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 the concept of recognition of, of grace, of authority. All right? Before we go into bring all the tithe to my house, that is, you know, during the law. This was before the law. And it's important that, amen, what is declared and done before the law, amen, seem to be connected, amen, or related, amen, to the very heart of God. You know, law were given to people who were lawless. The law were given to lawless people. The law was given because people people lack discipline. People don't know, amen, how to live life. Right? They're dysfunctional. That's why God gave them a law. But I'm talking about the people who, who understood things, amen, by, by personal encounter and relationship with God. There was no law, amen, guiding Abraham regarding the concept of fighting. Abraham picked this by the Spirit. He recognized, amen, a man who carried grace. He recognized a man, amen, of the spirit. He recognized one who represents the order of God, amen, who was also a king. He, he recognized the priestly king, kingly authority in the, life of Mech, you know, in the life of Melchizedek. And the Bible says, and Abraham gave him a 
tenth. Give him a tenth of everything. A tenth of all. I'm not going to flog that. I'm just going to leave it there and then we're going to move on. First, the name Melchizedek means king of righteousness. So you, you begin to understand. The scripture is saying, in case you don't understand, in case you're confused, let me explain something to you. Melchizedek means, amen, king of righteous people. Melchizedek preside, amen, is the, is the spiritual authority, hallelujah, over righteous people. Melchizedek, amen, is, is a priesthood of governmental authority. Then also the king of Salem, king of peace. Where there is, where there is injustice, you need the order of Melchizedek to come there. Where there is injustice, where there is ungodliness, what you need there, amen, is not the, it's not the priestly ministry of the, the Levitical order. You need the Melchizedek order because Melchizedek, you know, many a times when we, de, when we describe Melchizedek, we don't describe Melchizedek, amen, from a position of a governmental authority. We don't describe Melchizedek from, from a position of spiritual authority who has a voice in the earth. The scripture says this man is a king is a king but the king of what of righteousness why the king of righteousness because there is there is lawlessness when you proclaim something as a king of righteousness amen you it means that you have a rulership amen over a domain that that is lawless over a domain amen that is captured by anarchy this is the reason why amen the principle of melchizedek and the ministry of melchizedek is needed in our day but guess what you cannot be a priest without amen an altar. So we've got to locate, amen, the altar that Melchizedek functions from. Just like there was a priesthood, amen, in, 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 what's the father's name of, you know, of, of, of Moses' wife? Yes. In the, in, in, in the land, there was, there was this priesthood, amen, that this man walked with. The Bible says, amen, he was a man, he was a priest, and he served God. He, he was living his life to the point that, amen, he, he taught his daughter, amen, the things of the spirit. I mean, and, and she saved the day in the day where God was coming to kill Moses because, amen, he lived, amen, in a state where he forgot. She was able to save Moses, amen, and save the nation of Israel because God then will have to raise another, you know, an, another person, you know, to, to do his work. And, but this woman, amen, Zipporah was able to function in that authority, amen, that he, that, 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 that you know, she had received and, and, and been imparted from his father. So we've got to understand, amen, all of these concepts. That they're, they're, they're all scattered in the scripture, but we don't talk about them because we want to see, we want to focus on what we want to focus on. But the priesthood is all scattered all around. They are all, all around. From Genesis, you, you find them all around. Amen. And God is bringing us to a day of you know, convergence. And that's why we've got to track and trace all of these things. Amen. And connect them to the newness of the day that we live in. Or else we are going to find ourselves, amen, still using the old pattern that was not, amen, that was not accepted. In fact, that has been rejected. The Bible says first, Melchizedek was, amen. Melchizedek's name means king of righteousness. Then also, king of Salem, king of peace. You can't declare peace, amen, where there's no war. So peace basically means that there was war there, but he came and proclaimed peace. Powerful principle that we're going to be looking into later on, all right? He was, he was a king, amen, of righteousness, but he was also a king, amen, of peace. King of peace. King of peace. 
in a day in a time where you know, the society are suffering amen from you know unrest anarchy and all of that we need the melchizedek priesthood our priesthood has to be upgraded. We have to come into the Melchizedek priesthood. Amen. We have to come into the priesthood of the king of righteousness. Meaning that we come under the law. You see, when we talk about the priesthood of Melchizedek, it means that you come under the, the influence. You come under the spiritual influence. Amen. Of the ministry of Melchizedek and the ministry of Melchizedek speak of a priesthood. A priesthood we know, amen, is a divine connection, is a divine, amen, interconnection between, you know, the, 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 the things of God, amen, to the natural realm. All right. So this this is a this is a priesthood, amen. That that has authority. Is it has kingship, not just royalty? Because most time when we say kingship, what we think of, amen, is royalty. Yes, important royalty. But we're not just dealing with royalty. We're also dealing with authority because that's the first meaning of kingship. Kingship is not just about royalty. Kingship is about authority. It's about governance, amen. It's about you know you know security. It's about protection. It's about provision. Alright, you know, in the day we live in, our mindset, when people talk about, you know, the, the priesthood of Melchizedek, you know, you just talk about, you know, royalty, you talk about king, you know, he's a king, he's a king, no, 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 it's, the king is not just about the blessing, and it's not just about him wearing, you know, some, you know, purple robe and having crown on his head no it's a call to serve is a call amen to a selfless life is a call amen that speak to us amen about the ministry of jesus jesus was the king he, he was a king yet he was born in the manger hallelujah he died like a commoner on the cross because amen there is a divine purpose coded with his life that amen the kings of the earth could not see nobody recognized jesus amen as a king but yet he was the king of kings and the lord of lords are you, are you getting it? That's why in the days we're living, our understanding, our interpretation, our, our values, amen, and our ability to connect to the things of God has to be refined. When you look at, amen, the priesthood of Melchizedek, you have to begin to see something beyond just, amen, royalty. You have to begin to see beyond just a crown on his head. You have to begin to understand, amen, a scepter of authority. You have to begin to understand the ability, amen, to stand on behalf of, to defend, amen, to lead the people to the place, amen, of God's counsel, of God's will. It takes authority to bring the people to the place of God's divine intention. It takes authority to bring the people to the place amen of god's amen plan and purpose it takes authority but it also takes a priesthood amen that can wield that authority without a priesthood amen there is no movement in authority because it is the priesthood amen that allow us to be able to move in the things of god we can have authority, but if we don't have the priesthood, amen, that can lead us, that can give us access, amen, that can allow us to hear the voice of God and walk. He said you will hear the voice behind you, amen, showing you how to follow, show, showing you where to go. You say you must follow. So following authority demands that we understand, amen, the priesthood. It's not enough to say we've got leaders before us. If those leaders are not aligning to, amen, the priesthood of God, the demand of God, and all we see, amen is their nice suit and all we can see amen is their nice car and their big you know ring and all of these things that you know we have accorded to you know a successful preacher or you know to the man of god to man of the hour if we cannot see the sense of humility and the sense of sacredness and and selflessness and all of the concept amen of
being able to stand and offer and go on behalf of because that's what the priest does. A priest goes on behalf of the people. He goes on behalf of the nation. He goes, amen. He, he, he himself becomes the scapegoat. If anything happens, he dies there. If we cannot see that, then we are missing what God wants to do. Jesus Christ came and showed us, amen, how royalty, amen, is expressed. He showed us, amen, how, how the kingdom life ought to be expressed. Hallelujah. He showed us that before you can, you, you, you can go, amen, and represent authority, you have to be the servant of all. Let him who wants to be the head, amen. Take the position, amen, of servanthood. Take the position, amen, of the tower. Bend the knees and wash the feet, amen, of the saints. This is the order of the priesthood that we're coming into. Or else, listen to this, those who have bastardized and destroyed the values and the principles of God, amen, in the name of men of God and women of God and daddy and mama and papa and bishop and all of these things that we have seen today are, will destroy what God wants to do in our day. If we're going to correct and restore the order, we have to speak into all of these things. We have to begin to allow, amen, the intentions of God, the principles and the values of God. Melchizedek was the king of of Salem. He had people. He had authority. Amen. He had a sphere. He had a position. Amen. That he rules over. But he was also a priest. Oh. This is the place where I feel like jumping. You know there are certain things that a priest must not do. There are certain things that a king would do and get away with it but not a priest. And I hope you understand that there are very few people in the scripture all right, that function in that authority, in that position of a king priest. David was one of them. David functioned, amen, in the priesthood of Melchizedek. He was a king, but he was a priest. Jesus was one of them. Hallelujah. Very few people, very few in fact, those who try to jump their position, you know, because of their authority as king and try to, you know, function in the lowly ministry of a priest, God, amen, derobed them. God took the kingdom from them. E.g., amen, Saul. It's, it's a place, amen. I mean, if you look at, it, Samuel was one of them who functioned in the order, amen, of that Melchizedek priesthood, amen. He was a king, he was, he was a judge, but he was also what? He was also a priest. Are you getting the point? We, and, we, and all of that typifies, they speak to us, amen, of the priesthood of Jesus Christ, amen, that we today, amen, live, live with and live in. We are functioning, amen, in the advanced ministry of Melchizedek. It's called the ministry of Jesus. It's called the priesthood of Jesus. Presently, the Bible says, is at the right hand. The right hand is a position of authority. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, making, he's not just praying, he's making intercession for us. That's very important. Uh, making intercession and praying are two different things. Is making making means you've got to have the prophetic sight to know what God Amen has ordained for these people, and you begin to align them. You begin to you know shape them towards that Amen divine order of life. Amen. You begin to call the things Amen that be not as though they were. Amen. Making intercession for them. It's not just praying. Make praying for them. It's making intercession for them. Hallelujah. The Bible says, Melchizedek's first name was King of Righteousness, then also King 
So you, you can see that the double function, the double anointing, the double grace is also the king of peace. It's a king of righteousness, but it's also the king of peace. It's important you understand what the idea of righteousness amen, means and what the principle of being, a, a, I mean, the, the entire world today is looking for peace. Guess what? What will bring the man of sin? What will make the world, amen, to submit, amen, under the authority of the Antichrist is because they are searching for peace. Peace, peace has become a scarce commodity. When you look at what is going on in the Middle East, when you look at what is going on you know, in some African countries where people have not known peace, it's war. It's war. Melchizedek, amen, when, when the priesthood of Melchizedek you know, is, is ushered into this realm and region, amen, he begins to usher in, amen, the spirit of, 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 you know, of peace. is the king of peace. Is the king of peace. Think about that. You mean, you know, Peace has a king. Yes. It has, peace has amen, a pattern of rulership. Just like righteousness has a pattern of... Listen, you cannot walk in righteousness if you don't come under the authority of righteousness. You cannot have peace if you, if you cannot come under the rulership of peace. Peace is an entity. Righteousness is an entity. Just like wisdom is an entity. All of this, amen, must align our heart to what the Father is doing. So the Bible says, amen, he's also the, he's also the king of Salem. The name Salem means peace. It's a group of people, amen, who have come under the rulership of Melchizedek. So they have peace. No matter the, no matter the, the situation around them. They've come under the rulership of Melchizedek. They've come under the, the authority of this order of a life. They have peace. Have you noticed that if you have peace, nothing around can move you. Nothing. You can say the house is burning. Ah, everybody know. If you have peace. <laughs> oh, Jesus. The Bible says in verse 3, without father or mother, without genealogy, without beginning of days or the end of life, resembling is not, is not the son of God resembling the son of God, he remained a priest forever. <laughs> Lord Jesus. He is not the son of God. He's a prototype of a church. He's a reflection, amen, of what the church will become in the future. Melchizedek is, 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 a, is a typology of the firstborn church. Remember, it's an, it's, it, it, Melchizedek is the priesthood. Melchizedek, amen, is, is the altar. Melchizedek, amen, defines the kind of sacrifice, the kind of life, the kind of authority and authority and kingship that we will express in the earth. Without father or mother. In other words, you can connect this man. If any, if any man be in Christ, if any man be in Christ is a new creation, all things have passed away. You think that is just limited to your experience. All things mean including your genealogy. <laughs> all things, all things have passed away. Including your, 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 your genotype, your bloodline. Your values. So if, if, you, if, if I'm in Christ and you judge me by my skin, you are the most blind person. You judge me, amen, by, by my identity that you see. You judge me, amen, by my masculinity. 
That's why the things of the spirit are foolish to the kind of mind. They can't understand it. And that's why I say, amen, if you're a man, amen, if you're a woman, and you cannot submit to the authority of the man, amen, that you have been brought under, you have no place. You, in fact, you should not be a Christian because that is you breaking the law, the breaking, amen, the principles and the values of God. So if you cannot submit to somebody, don't marry the person. Don't, if you cannot submit to the authority of the church, don't go there. If you cannot submit to the authority of the man God placed there, why are you there complaining? You're breaking something that is going to impact your life negatively. Your life is going to be miserable. If you cannot submit to your boss, resign. It's a principle of the kingdom. If you cannot submit to amen, the leadership amen, of, the, of the land, move to somewhere else. Spiritual things, amen, have ability, amen, and impact in every area of our life. They have the ability to impact every area of our life, positively or negatively. All depends on how we handle them, how we understand them. So before you begin to say, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you, it's not just about love. Can I submit to, to this man? That's one of the things, you, women, for those who are going to be watching and listening to this, before you want to marry a man, you've got to ask yourself, first of all, can I submit? Don't be asking, does he love me? Do I love him? That, 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 is, that is a given. That is a footing. But the first thing you must ask yourself is, can I submit to the authority? Because the authority in the life of the man, amen, is a spiritual authority. You're not submitting, amen, to just, you know, a male man. You're not just submitting to a figure. You're submitting, amen, to something in his life, amen, that is connected to heaven. My, men are supposed to be portals. Can I submit to that? Or else your life is going to be miserable in the marriage. That's why most marriages, amen, today are miserable. That's why, amen, Christians amen, are, even, are, are even facing divorce more than unbelievers today. Why? Because they, 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 they do not understand spiritual things. They do not understand spiritual law. And the, and the man of God who is going to be saying, you know, don't, don't submit to the man. You know, leave him. But he wants you to submit to him. But he's saying you must not submit to your husband. And you don't understand why things are, are not working right for you. You see, you shouldn't even begin to, this, this, this thing should not be an issue if we marry in the Lord. Remember, the Paul talked about people marrying in the Lord. There are people who have married outside the Lord. If you marry outside the Lord, you, know, <laughs> you need to believe God for grace, a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of long suffering. But if you marry in the Lord, if you marry in the Lord, ah, your life, your marriage will be accelerated. Because before, before you speak, you would have said, is, if that's what the father is saying, my husband, I obey. Let's go. But if you have to be struggling and be fighting, be struggling, no, I'm not going to do that. No, you think you're the only one. -uh. <laughs> Sorry. The things of God will never be built through such a people. Except in a situation that God allowed it to happen. Yes. And there are few instances where God will allow, amen, the prophet, his people, 
to marry wayward women, ungodly women who have no sense amen, of the things of the spirit is a, is a picture, is a typology of what is going on. Sometimes God will use your life amen, as a mirror of what is going on in the environment, the society. And you can't even divorce the person. Because if you divorce the person, then the whole principle and program of God, amen, that God is working out is destroyed. That's why you've got to have prophetic understanding and insight into the things of God. I'm sharing this thing because I want us, amen, to really understand the nature of the days that we live in. Our life should not be dragged back because we lack knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge. We must come to a day of authority. But we must drain ourselves from how we define authority. We must drain ourselves from how we understand. Listen, there is no authority without submission. There is no submission without authority. Submission is not about men. It's about the things of God. Alright? He built the altar. It's about building altars. Our life is an extension of how God moves in the land. Of how God moves in the nation. Of how God speaks, of how God, amen, interact with the earth. We are potters of the move of God. We are gateways, amen, of the expressions of God in the earth. So listen to this. You can't look at my life and finally make a conclusion. God deals with us, you know, individually, uniquely, but there is a corporate speaking. There's a corporate, you know, understanding we must have. Amen. So let's let's move on. The scripture says Melchizedek, amen, is the king of righteousness, but also the king of peace without father or mother without genealogy you can't trace amen the man that has come into christ without beginning of days or end of life a man who has come into christ a person who has come into christ amen can no longer be traced to time and season you can't bind the or you know limit the person amen to the day he or she was born and this is one of the reasons why i was saying your life is bigger than all the experiences of your life because you went through God knows what, then you come to and conclude. No, you cannot conclude because you fail. You, failure cannot be the defining factor of your life. Neither should success be defining. Because what you define to what you define to be success, amen, to God is just the beginning of something grand, something bigger, something you know that you cannot comprehend. Including how people define to you what, what is right from what is wrong, what is righteous from what is unright. You've got to be able to see things through the lens view of the Spirit. This is why people need this kind of teaching in the days that we live in. Let's go on. I, I, I want to speak to us about the priesthood. And how, priest, how priesthood can be compromised. Because priesthood, like I said earlier on, connects to the destiny of nations. Listen, priesthood connects to the destiny of nations. That's why the beginning of the days of man again in the earth, through Noah, began by what? The establishment of what? Of, yes, an altar. Noah built an altar. Verse 4 of that scripture in Hebrews 7 says, just think how great he was, Melchizedek. Even the patriarch Abraham gave him a tent of the plunder. Now the law requires, now, now the law requires that the descendant of the Levi who became priest to collect tithe from the people. That is from the from the from the 
from, from their fellow you know, Israelites. Even though they also, amen, even though they, 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 they also are what? A descendant of Abraham. Now, the Bible says, this man, however, did, this man, however, did not you know, trace his descendant to Levi. The, the law of Moses, you know, the institutions of, you know, of temple worship, <laughs> the institution of temple worship, amen, began from Moses, amen, and, uh, you know, uh, Aaron became the chosen one that God used, amen, to define the order of the priesthood. Then later, amen, you know, Levi, in fact, not even later, they all came from the household of Levi, amen. Levi was the father of Moses and Aaron. Remember, the Aaron was the, was the brother, amen, of Moses. So all of that order, all of that family speak to us about the, 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 the Leviticus or the Levite, amen, priesthood. Aaron was chosen. Moses, amen, was the man that God called, amen, to, to, you know, to lead the movement, to lead the advancement, amen, of the, of the people of God from bondage, amen. But then they needed a priesthood and Aaron was the man God chose, amen, that was going to reflect the concept of, you know, connections and all of that. But if you check through the scripture, you will notice that uh, uh, you never really see the, the, the visibility of Aaron as, as a as a functional priest rather than all right when they dressed him the regalia and all of that thing you know that he wore but when you really talk about you know the, the position of the priest representing amen, a, 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 a prophetic a, apostolic voice bringing the people you know you, you never really get to hear of the the voice of Aaron really moving the people of God. The few times you hear about Aaron is that you know the people led him you know, to, to you know to go build a calf it was a weak it was a weak person even though he was given a priesthood but he was weak but i don't want to go into all of that but i want us to see something in fact while i'm on this let's go to verse 11 quickly because of time let's go to verse 11 the bible says if perfection if perfection perfection Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says, if perfection, that word perfection also comes from the word teleosis. Remember the word teleos, maturity. So basically what God is saying is the essence of the priesthood is not just to be able to connect with God, amen, but to also, amen, grow the people. The priesthood was supposed to define, amen, the spiritual maturity. It's in the priesthood that we learn, that we grow, that we get to mature into the things of God. So the scripture says, if if maturity, so the purpose of the priesthood was not just about the sacrifice, you know, the killing of rams and all of that, but the priesthood was to define to us maturity. So the scripture says, if perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, and indeed the law was given to the people, amen, establish that priesthood. Why was it still needed for another priest to come? Why? Why? Why was it needed that another priest must come? One in the order of Melchizedek. Excuse me, what is the order of Melchizedek? We read it. Let's go back. We read the order of Melchizedek. The order of Melchizedek means, amen, that that priesthood must have an authority to establish righteousness and the authority to establish, excuse me, to establish peace. 
the order of Melchizedek is a priesthood of righteousness amen, and peace. But beyond that, the order of Melchizedek is an order that amen, such a priesthood is no longer limited to human genealogy. It's no longer limited to our tradition. You see, they have South African church. They have, you know, the American church, the black church, the white church. And then they have, you know, the Koiki church. And then they have the Zulu church. And then they have, you know, they have the Mozambique church. You know, our, our church has become the expression of our tradition. You know, uh, yes, yes, we'll call Jesus. But Jesus has become, all right, you know, the, the expression of you know where we come from the nigerian church you know the the god knows church you know and you have all kinds of denominations today that as you know saying that they've, they've, they have a place they have a voice and they have kind of you know you know you know the struggle or pattern this this order of a priesthood amen is is not limited to a white or color or you know or or gender it's not bound all right to space and and geography and all of these things that have limited us that you know we will we will sweat and do all the things that we can do amen still under the rule amen that defines the land that defines amen where we come from that's why you find people, they, they are, they, you know, today, particularly, oh, God, help me. I thought, I'm not, I, I thought I was not going to talk about this. You find people today that the, that the extension and the expression of their Christianity has become Judaism. And so they keep the law. They keep I mean, the new law, you know, the, 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 the new moon, or uh, the, 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 their sense of the things of the Spirit. Like, you know, my sister was sharing with me, you know, asking about, you know, the calendar, the Jewish calendar. So people now, in fact, some people believe that the Jewish calendar amen is biblical calendar unfortunately i'm sorry to disappoint you no jesus christ amen has become the pattern amen of our existence not the jewish calendar not the jewish law people today amen you know believe more on judaism in fact they've mixed judaism and christianity together but so the whole essence of christ dying on the cross is waste because christ came to end the law he came to end the law Christ came to end the law. Do you know, amen, that even the calendar, that today we connect the prophetic to, to Jewish calendar, that itself is the law. And the scripture says, amen, if you add or you subtract from this thing, you, you've, you've missed it. If you want to keep one of the law, you must keep all of the law. Those who want to go back to Judaism, then they must totally, amen, you know, yield themselves to the, you know, to the call of Judaism so that their righteousness can be defined, amen, by Judaism. Yes. Jewish calendar does not define my, my sense of prophetic timing. <laughs> The way that our people blow the shofar, what people declare, it doesn't define it. Because if you begin to allow yourself to be to be moved and to be captured by that thing, listen to this, you will be you will be you will be drifted away from Christ. Who, who is the image? Who is the essence of everything that we do? Melchizedek shows to us, amen, that when you come to, to the Lord, when you come to the Father, you have come to Mount Zion. 
You have come to, amen, the company of angelic ones. You've come, amen, to, to, to the dimension, amen, of the firstborn company. The firstborn company are those, amen, that have been invested from the earth. They've been invested from, amen, human connection, human genealogy. What does that mean? Does it mean that we no longer relate to our, our families, our, you know, the earth things? No, 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 no. It means that our life is sourced from a realm that is no longer of the earth. Even though, amen, we are seeking to inherit the earth. Without father or mother, without genealogy. Today, people want to trace their genealogy to Israel. Yet the Bible says, let us make them in our, in our own image and in our own likeness. There was a life that was lived before the law. There was a life that was lived before the law, before the calendar. Before the feast. I believe I preach the feast. I preach all the seven feasts. Because all of that speak to us, point to us, amen, about a man, about Christ. That's why they say, come up higher. Let me show you. You cannot be ascending in the things of the spirit. And you are still borrowing reference, amen, from Judaism, from the law, amen, from, you know, from the Levitical priesthood, you know, from the Mosaic order. You're still borrowing pattern. You still want to go to Israel, you know, and find your root and find your connection. You are as blind as a bat. You have no understanding, amen, of your identity in Christ. And that's why the devil can easily deceive and manipulate you. It's happening in our day. I'm seeing it happening all, up, all around. In fact, I've written material on this. We have to understand, amen. You see, because people want to be able to relate to what they can touch, what they can feel, what they can see. The scripture says, if you want to keep certain days as sacred, well, go ahead. But those who refuse to do that, don't blame them. Don't condemn them. We have to understand that heaven is bringing us to a day of maturity. Listen, our maturity is not, is not in the calendar. It's in the person. Our, our sense of spiritual timing is not in some calendar. It's in the spiritual timing. And I pray that we all will eat, amen, of Christ and really partake of his nature and life so that we will not be deceived, amen, in, in these in this seasons of the end. That's my prayer. So we're dealing with an order here that you're going to see, you're seeing a shift in priesthood. The scripture says the Levitical priesthood, amen, could not bring the people to maturity. The Levitical priesthood could not bring the people to maturity. The Levitical priesthood could not bring the people to maturity. Therefore, another priesthood had to be established. Another priesthood has to be established after the order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron. For when, for when the priesthood changes, when the priesthood changes, the law must also change, or the, or the law also changes. Verse 13 says, He of he of whom these things, amen, are said, belong to a different tribe. And no one from that tribe has ever served at the altar. For it is clear that, that our, Lord, our Lord descended from, you know, from Judah. And in regard to that tribe, Moses said nothing about, about the priest. 
Jesus descended, amen, from, from the tribe, amen, of, of, of Judah. And not even Moses that was given the pattern, that was given, amen, the concept and the, and the institutions, amen, of, of the, the ministry of the priesthood, amen, was shown or revealed that there is a priesthood, amen, in Judah. Verse 15 says, and what, amen, we have said is even more clear. If another, pri another priest like Mel Melchizedek appeared, one, amen, one who has become a priest, not, amen, on the basis of a regulation as his ancestors, but on the basis of the power of an indestruct indestruct indestructible life, for it is declared. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. I think by now we've been able to establish, amen, that there is, there is, there is an order. That the priesthood of Melchizedek is not more of Melchizedek himself, amen, but the order. The order. And that order, I think, is what we need to really amplify and emphasize even as we begin to enter into a day where righteousness and peace, amen. The Bible says righteousness and peace shall be the foundation of his, of his throne. Righteousness, peace, and justice shall be the foundation. So we are looking at a priesthood, amen, that will allow us to be able to step into a day where we can truly represent the authorities of God, the, the power of God in the earth. So where there is righteousness, it means that there is lawlessness, there is injustice, there is wickedness. Where there is peace, it means that formerly, amen, things that took the peace of people away, things that took the job people away, amen, was, was a rule. So when the priesthood of Melchizedek comes, remember that this priesthood, amen, also has authority, is a king priest. So it can execute, it can establish things. It has, it's got the power, it's got the authority to establish things. And this is what we need even as we continue to engage the seasons of the end. All right. The Bible says, amen, the former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless. For the law made nothing perfect, made nothing mature. Amen. The Bible says, for the law made nothing mature. Remember that what we're seeking for, what the Lord is seeking for, is a priesthood, amen, that can bring perfection. He said, if perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, then there won't be a need for another priesthood. And since the Levitical priesthood could not bring anything, could not bring anyone into perfection, another order of priesthood, amen, after the order of Melchizedek had to be sought. And so this is where we are right now. We're in a day where we need to understand what the priesthood is and how the Lord will have us function within this priesthood. I'm going to stop here. Uh, uh, sorry, you know, if you're watching on, of course, uh, on Facebook, my, my phone has stopped. And that is because the battery all right, has ended. So I will be stopping here. Uh, uh, thank you so very much. We'll continue hopefully tomorrow on this uh, uh, priesthood, concept of priesthood, because I still need to speak about Zechariah, but unfortunately, I won't be able to do that, you know, today again. Thank you so very much for listening. God bless you. Really appreciate this moment in time. Father, we thank you for what your spirit once again has revealed. Thank you for the grace. Thank you, Father, for the impartation. Thank you, Father, for that which your spirit, oh God, has in, 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 ignited, oh God, in our spirit. Thank you for the fire. Thank you, for the, Father, for the truth. Thank you, Father, for this pattern of a life, of a priesthood. Pattern after the order of Melchizedek, a king priest. We thank you, oh God, that your spirit will continue to lead and 
and guide us that we will continue to grow and increase in this understanding oh god we bless you we strip ourselves oh god of the priesthood of the past we strip ourselves of every levitical idea every idea oh god of the law of moses we proclaim and we declare that we have entered into a new day we receive grace oh god capacity to step into this new day oh god we bless you we glorify your name in jesus name amen and amen thank you so very much all our listener i appreciate uh this moment we want to give thanks to god for once again the grace that heaven has granted to us the grace to be able to share this word this is a word that we need to listen to again and again until we fu fully get the life amen and the, and the and the strength that heaven has designed for us through this uh, uh, teaching thank you so much god bless you enjoy your afternoon bye-bye